Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is counting down every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson. Down home with me today is Sylvan Groth. How are you doing, Sylvan? I have my nice warm overcoat on here in Vermont. And as always, it is a pleasure to talk to you, Jesse, even though this isn't one of the easiest ones to talk about, but I'm sure we will get through it. Yeah, we are talking a song from Overcoats, which is a early John Hyatt song. And tell us, give us just the facts here. There are not a whole lot of facts, aside from what you just said, that this is from the album Overcoats. It was John Hyatt's second and last album on Epic Records, his second album overall, his also his last on epic it was released in 1975 it found him dropped from the label at that point and like the second child that there aren't any pictures or at least there aren't any pictures of just that kid without the older sibling hanging over them there's not a lot of press even in my years of digging into archives to find information specific about overcoats so we are stuck with just the information that we have on the liner notes and for that we can say that this song was written by john of course the instrumentation was drums by larry london bass by ted reynolds thunder roads by shane keister and soprano sax by billy pewitt and as i said it was released on epic records it was recorded i believe in nashville so this is john trying to get that second album out of him as we all say that every artist or everybody has one book, one rock album in them, and then you do that, and then what comes next? So it's a good question of what comes next. And yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers just the facts for this one. Yeah. I What I find funny is I just went to Wikipedia, and the Wikipedia entry is Overcoats is singer-songwriter John Hyatt's second album, released in 1975. It is his second and last album for Epic Records. 
Then it goes to track it. listing. There is nothing on this. I did not go back. Do you, anything Michael Elliott shared in his wonderful book? Michael Elliott's book is wonderful and it pretty much covers exactly that he, okay. he decided to go back into the studio and it didn't really go very well in terms of record sales or anything. And then he was dropped by the record company. Yeah. So I I think he's still trying to find his voice. So we're going to go through this song. We're going to talk about the lyrics. We're going to talk about the music. We're going to talk about the timeliness of this song hmm. because I made a few notes that I will share after this. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Okay, we're back. All right. I think this song feels like a mid-70s song. Okay. I there's a one point there's a musical break after mm-hmm. one of the lyrics after one of the lyric the verses and it feels very like this could have been on the radio <laughs> if it had been like this kind of pop hit. Like I, formulaic or is yes. that a yeah, too and, negative and a way of putting it? No, and I just I don't know I don't know and I'm curious do you see any bones of what later we would love about John in his music in this song? 
I do feel like he is playing with phrases and trying to make you a little bit surprised by where he misdirects you in the story he's telling and then the clever twist of irony or a little bit of definitely there's some I think there's some sarcasm in here but I do think when you were talking about radio he was striving for something that might sound good on am radio because that's what would have been happening at the time not fm it's a little bit harder for me because i came out in 1979 so i i do have a great affection for the hyatt albums that are older than me but i can't really look back at that time and remember but i do when i hear it i picture the people in their polyester clothes maybe dancing at some kind of elks lodge or something like that and a happy face on because at least on the surface it's a happier song than some of the others that he had of this time period so i was probably a sophomore in high school maybe junior because uh-huh. i graduated in 77 so mm-hmm. probably a sophomore according to wikipedia which we know is never wrong never the top 100 songs of 1975 i'm not going to read all of them but going to read the first 10 or 15 love will keep us together captain Tennille, rhinestone cowboy glenn campbell philadelphia uh-huh. freedom elton john before the next teardrop falls freddie fender my eyes okay. adored you frankie valley some huh. kind of wonderful grand funk railroad okay shining i have star, heard that one yeah shining star earth wind and fire okay fame by david bowie ah laughter in the rain by neil sadaka uh-huh. one of these nights eagle thank god i'm a country boy john denver jive talking uh-huh. bgs best of my love eagles loving you mini ripperton Kung Fu fighting Carl Douglas. Woo, they were all over the place in that yes. year, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. So I think that if you listen to those kind of songs, this is very much a song of that era. It mm-hmm. is, It. I think it's a little poppy. I think he's trying to perhaps do a song that could, as you said, it FM radio at that time was album oriented rock a lot of that's what the people that were experimenting with other substances would be listening Uh yeah and am radio was about the hits and Mm -hmm. poppiness and i think there is a melody to this that is very upbeat and and i think he's trying to do that in his voice um it is a very young john singing this very much and you can hear that in his voice i think yeah. And it's, yeah. It, it, the press at the time really talked about how different he sounded. And you wonder if he was leaning into that difference and then he stopped trying to sound a little bit too strange yeah. or any of the things about the fact that he ended up having surgery on his vocal cords eventually or just got a vocal coach or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's like an accent that you can't quite place. Yeah. And when I wonder, Costello, Elvis Costello, did not have his first album until 77. And they, there has continued to be a lot of 
comparisons. They are comparisons to them. My Aim is True was the album he released. So yeah, I was just curious to see what was what was Elvis doing at that time, but he was not. Yeah. So you want to start getting the lyrics? Sure. Yeah. That is funny though, that there were so many comparisons when My Aim is True was pretty much a out of the gate hit, right? <laughs> yeah. And John was still trying to get arrested as he put it. Yeah. So anyway, sure. I can start with the first verse. Okay. And I will also uh, say that I am very glad that I have my CD, which I think I found in some kind of bargain basement sometime in the late nineties, because I had heard of John pretty much my whole life, but we came on board with the recovery trilogy mostly. Yeah. And then when I started to become a rabid fan in my early teen years, I was the one who wanted to go out and find everything because I had to have everything. Sure. That just being said that I have a certain bit of nostalgia when I go back to these albums of they were the treasure that I had to search for. I didn't get to go onto Amazon and have it delivered to my door. I went to store brick and mortar, store brick and mortar to find them. And when I finally did, it was like, I can't believe I get to hear these 10 songs from John Hyatt that I haven't gotten to hear yet. And yeah, they're mine now. So I think that might color how I relate to them a little bit. I think I love that because this is in this case, a positive influence versus a couple weeks ago, you had a negative um don't know much about love because the connotation of I had to buy a album or a CD to just, just get to, yeah, just to get the two new songs. Yeah. So uh, this one is this whole, it is similar to people buying born to run and then uh-huh. buying darkness and then going back and getting greedies or incident. And it is a very different, and there are people who love those early albums from Springsteen. Once again, the first time we saw John, this was Rick Lisko, rest in peace. His wife, Jennifer, at the time, Linda and I in this small club, it was just John. It was right after Bring the Family had come out. He was solo touring and and people started calling out. Huh? And I remember one guy, I killed an ant with my guitar. And Rick was like rolling. And he did a version of The Usual, which I don't nice. think he planned to do. Yeah, so I have this, I have a little bit of affection for this too, because I think he's trying to find his voice. Yes. And I think he's trying to figure out what is a quote unquote John Hyatt song. Yes. And I talked about the sophomore slump or the second album phenomenon. I think that is something that we can all relate to, even if we're not musicians, whatever hobby or effort job that you're trying to do, you show up and you bring everything you've got to make a good first impression. And then you've made that first impression and you say, "Uh oh, now I have to either keep that up or I have to raise the stakes. So I don't know. All that being said, like, there's an affection here, which by the way, color my rating. Yeah, absolutely. Bonus content here. I was suggested this years ago, and I think it's really good advice. If you get a new job, 
the first thing you should do, one of the first things you should do is write down all your thoughts and hopes and ambitions about that new job. What are you wanting to accomplish? What do you want to do? And then three to six months later, when you are in the druggery of just doing the day to day, it's Monday morning and all list. you can wait for is Friday night. Yeah. yeah. And you could pull that and go, oh, yeah. Here were the, some of the things. Have I accomplished some of them? Or, oh, yeah, I wanted to accomplish this. I should put that on my agenda. I thought that was really good advice for that exact reason, that sophomore that slump. That is a good advice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. With no further ado. Yes. yes. I was. That's what got me started is that I really appreciating being able to hold the lyric booklet because yeah. even now, decades after hearing this song, I do not hear what he's singing until I'm actually looking at the words. When I'm looking at it, it's, oh yeah, that is what he's saying. I wouldn't argue about it. But if you asked me to transcribe these, I wouldn't come up with this verbatim. All right, good. From the official lyric booklets, the driver says it's getting late, but I know that he's lying. I got me no important dates. My how time is flying. And then we go into the chorus. I keep on falling. I keep on falling. I keep on falling, falling down home. We don't often, that's not true. We get a traditional chorus here, right? The driver says it's getting late, but I know that he's lying. I got me no important dates. Don't know quite where we're at yet. Is this the driver in a cab? Is it a driver that he's in a road trip with a buddy? But it is, I got me no important dates, does seem I've got nothing urgent going on. It's a little bit sitting on the dock of the bay kind of vibe. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I really love the chorus. I think the chorus is very repeatable, very Mm -hmm. fun to sing along with. It is, it, it doesn't feel like John. This feels almost Steve Forbert in Romeo's tune. That okay. kind of feeling and that you may not know that song. No, but, that oh, one okay. went right, right over my head. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And is there a genre that there's definitely more of a country sound, which might be, he's been hanging around Nashville for a little while. Mm-hmm. I almost hear like a Calypso kind of yeah. rhythm. Yeah. He's going for a pop song. He is okay. going for a, a radio friendly pop song. I, to me is what I hear. I keep on falling. I keep on falling down home. And then the laws. So, yes. Yeah. So First, you like the singability of it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little bit stuck there. Yeah. Uh, what does the chorus say to you? Mm-hmm. What um, is the falling down home about? Don't know for sure, but it's okay. very, it is one of those where you can sing along and not necessarily know what it means. If we're, But because we overthink everything, because that's our job. That's what um, I signed up for on this one. Yes, exactly. I like the idea I keep on falling down home. Is he trying to get home because of his upward momentum is not working? So no matter what his path, he ends up falling down home, getting home. He gets back to where his home is more than just a house, but it's where his basic understanding is. I'm not sure. I I think this is open to uh, debate. Yeah. Okay. Is it your turn to sure. read the lyrics? Okay. A pretty lady smiled at me. Love that fancy dance. Get back home where we can see. Do up some 
romance. So as I listened, it, it sounded like he said dance, not dancing. Mm -hmm. But I was like, it sounds like he's saying dance, but dancing and romancing rhyme. So I was right. a little worried about that. I was listening to him. Yeah. Says dancing with no G and an apostrophe. Dancing. Yes. And then yeah. rants, romancing, same thing. Yes. But if you listen, it really does sound like he says dance, but it makes sense to me that it loved that fancy dancing, got home where we can see, do up some romancing. In a <laughs> wild world, was he at a gentleman's club? And she was smiling at him doing her fancy dance. And then he got lucky enough to send her home. Or is he at a club at 75? You know, we have... There's always been nightclubs, but in the 70s, there were a few more that were not necessarily called discos yet, but they were dance clubs where you play music. And so was she dancing at him? She smiled. He picked her up to take her home. Yep. Get back home where we can see. Any idea why we can't see unless we're at home? So I think we can see the reality of each other. The okay. non-persona, right? We've we've met at a club, we've met somewhere, and we've put on our best face, right? Okay. That, and so I, I want to put on my best face. And then when we get home together, we start showing the reality of each other, our true selves. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe overthinking it, but that's what I would say. Okay. I will totally buy that. I it's just one of those things that like it's so funny that cultural moments that come after a song is released all of a sudden get tied into something. The Red Hot Chili Peppers song that came out a few months before the LA riots always yeah. remind me of the LA riots, even though of course it wasn't about that because it was written before that. Sure. And that particular line about love that fancy dancing, there's a, book and a movie, The Business of Fancy Dancing, which is about Sherman Alexie's experience of Native American culture in the mm. late 90s and so forth. So I I hear fancy dancing and I'm thinking of that kind of cultural thing. Mm. And I, it has nothing to do with it. It's just, it always gets me off on that tangent yeah. about thinking about Sherman Alexie. Okay, so, yeah. good. All right. So we get the chorus again. I keep on falling. I keep on falling. I did. I'm just hanging around. Got to be there. Got to be there when it all comes down, down. Now, I love that I'm hanging around because the first album was hanging around the observatory. Mm -hmm. So that's probably overthinking it. But so he's he's just hanging around. He has no purpose. He's met a young girl. They've gone home. Now he's back alone and no purpose. This song is just really very lighthearted. I don't think John is trying to say too much of consequences here. Uh, just, it's just, it's not even a silly love song. It's just no. a pop song. Yeah. yeah. It's about the casual search for casual love, perhaps. Yeah. Right. And I do like the way that musically that bridge takes a little bit of a different energy. And yeah, it's almost like he's getting defensive where he's mm -hmm. been talking about this dance. And it's, yeah, I am just hanging around. That's really all this song is about. And then back into now someone put fire water in my drink, like to make me drop it. 
Now, I know that this ain't no time to think, but you can hardly stop it. And I keep on falling. Yeah. Keep on falling down home. Yeah. So are we falling in love? Are we falling to just a casual existence? Um, I, I like the fire water in my drink, like to make mm-hmm. me drop it. But I know this ain't no time to think. So he is not overthinking anything. Uh-huh. He is just, and the use of falling, it is almost like I, I just keep on hanging, right? Uh-huh. I just keep hanging out. I just, it almost in that context, I just keep on living. I keep on living. I keep on falling. And it would be curious why he picked falling down home. Why am I, everything ends up going where I'm just almost, and when I say cruising, I don't mean cruising bars, just on cruise control. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm just going through the motions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was something about that. I think maybe I'm stretching to try yeah. to get my hands around this as an image or whatever, yeah. but like the idea of you've gone through the motions and as days wear on, it gets harder and harder to be energetic or to like really feel content at the end of the day, because it is just so monotonous monotonous and repetitive. So I had that image of him like literally falling into bed, keep on falling. And then the days stack on, then the the pages of the calendar, Groundhog Day go on and on. You know, the other thing I think you could make the argument is like gravity pulls you uh down, you're falling. Mm -hmm. So your home, your life has got this gravity and you're falling into that rut of what the job is. Mm -hmm. Could be a little bit of that. Says I got no time to think, but you can hardly stop it. Is he thinking about it? What he wants to do with his life? What's going on? And then it right. just he keeps on falling. Just he's mm-hmm. just he is just going through life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair to say. Yeah. I love the music on this. I think this is a very, like I said. As a child of the 70s, this feels like a song of the 70s that you could slip this into. If you're doing a top 10 of radio songs, this would fit in right there. That this is just, it's a fun, catchy tune. You've got a, you've got a very repeatable chorus, similar to Manford Band's Blinded by the Light. Like when uh-huh. I heard that, I had no idea what it was about and I didn't care. It was uh-huh. just, it was just fun. Blinded by the light. And just the chorus was just fun. And this will not break any, this is not anything strong or groundbreaking. I just think it was a fun little pop song that he wrote. Yeah, it. I think that is all accurate. And I just feel one could say this is just a fun little pop song and have it be a compliment. And one could say this is just a fun little pop song and have it be a a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. And I wonder, that's a great question, is what standard are we putting to our artists? Does every... Do we expect every John Hyatt release to be a quote unquote John Hyatt song, right? Mm-hmm. Or do I do you have that burden? Or it's okay if you're Bruce and you want to put out a cover of soul albums, 
because uh -huh. you feel like it's fun to do it, right? I think you wonder how much of this is, it's, as you said, it's a sophomore album. The mm -hmm. first one didn't do much. Yep. Is he trying to find something that may get a little bit of radio play to sell a few albums to get me the next step? Yeah, um, and maybe even was there particular criticisms of the first album that made him react in this way. Yeah. The first album had Sure As I'm Sitting Here and it had Ocean, which is this almost operatic, really we'll get to ocean eventually, but it was, I think much more thoughtful than overcoats was. And I think overcoats was a little bit of, I think people just want to hear a song that they can tap their foot to, and maybe gives a little bit of imagery or whatnot. And the fact that he chose overcoats as the title track for this, I think says that he was, trying to say something about the human condition which down home might not strive in that particular way but this is all very monday morning quarterback or whatever you want to say we're looking back on this from oh my god is is it almost 50 years yeah I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. 25 will be 50 years in two years. This will be a 50 years. That's and insane. So, yeah. Cause this is a 20 something year old John writing songs. Yeah. And part of you would argue you haven't had any life yet to write songs, right. John. Right. Admittedly at 20, John had some life. Yes. yes so, absolutely. but yeah, no, I'm for some reason then that made me think about okay, in the 70s, a 50-year-old song was something from the 20s. Yes. <laughs> Is it fair to think about how you would rate something from the 20s in the 70s or is it fair to rate something in the 70s in the 2020s? Holy yeah. crow. <laughs> yeah, and I think it is I think it is rare that when you look at someone's second album or something that you go, it is, there's often they've, they're still trying to find their voice. Yes. What they're trying to do. And I think this is it though saying, I really loved hearing this. It, I have not heard it in a long time. It was on my repeat. I smiled. I hummed along. It is, I certainly know it's not an important song. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's trying, I don't know if he's trying to say something and he just didn't succeed or if he wasn't even trying and everything. But for what this is, I, I like it. I was, I enjoyed spending my time with this song. All right. Yeah. Are you ready to rate? I am, but you get, it's your turn to go first. All right. I'm going to earn my reputation. <laughs> This is a one-star song for me. I hear what you're saying and I can, I think maybe if I had a little bit of emotional tie to this particular genre or this particular sound that it might go as high as a two, but I, I think we really had to struggle even for the little meaning that we came up for the songs. It, it doesn't hit any of those check boxes that ups the points for me. So it's a yeah. one. Yeah, it's a two for me just because of the music. 
and uh-huh. the chorus. And it's, I love hearing John's voice <laughs> and the, the, the repeatability of the chorus, the, it feels very much of the era. I think if I had not grown up with an AM radio in the seventies, yeah. that I would exactly the same feel for you as in, Last week, I had no emotional context to that song and did not speak to me. And the lyrics gave it up from a one or else I would have given it a one. This, though, because of the chorus and because of the melody, I'm going to call it a two. Okay. Yeah. Certainly, I think this would be if someone came back to me and said, hey, Jesse, I've really been exploring do you have some outliers? I'm like, okay, let me pull a couple of songs that aren't typical Johns that you may go, really? This was his? And right. this would be one I might pick and go, this is fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a John Hyatt song. As I've said, a one-star song is still good. Yes. And it's part of his story and it's part of his journey. So I would yeah. never say that I wish I had never heard it. I'll definitely listen to it. Yeah. But I, I will admit that Overcoat's might not be the least frequent album that I listen to from start to finish, but it's definitely at the other oh, side of the bell curve. Yeah. I cannot remember the last time I put on overcoats in full and listened to it. This is, but standing alone, this is, I, I was really happy with this song and yeah, that was fun. It was fun. I'm just going to give a a little bit of a plug and a tease that we've been all over. There's another old one coming up next down in front. But after that, we're returning to the trilogy for a real special one, Drive South. And I am, fingers crossed, going to bring in a special guest for the passenger seat on that one. So y'all can speculate about who that might be. It unfortunately is not John or any member of the Hyatt family. Yeah, but yes. (laughs) That is great. If someone wants to reach you, how can they, Sylvan? They can certainly reach both of us by dropping us an email at perfectlygoodpodcast at gmail.com. They can find the Perfectly Good Podcast Facebook page. I'm Sylvan Groff on Facebook, and I'm also Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter. And any of those places can get you to our website where you have the full song list if there's something that you're really looking forward to and you want to know about when it's going to be scheduled. Go ahead, take a look and just let us know. We are plotting people in wherever they want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't want to try to go through the research, you can always just email one of us and say, hey, when do you think this song's going to be? And we'll let you know. I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. I am also Jesse Jackson on Facebook. We spend some time on the John Hyatt fandom podcast of page and we appreciate yes. all the love and support from the team and so, i'm so glad that no one has tried to kick us out yet or <laughs> yeah i appreciate Sensor that us. too yes i am glad that they seem to welcome our little and they seem to enjoy what we're doing so that makes me very happy it really does i would gladly sit and talk with you every other week for no other reason to amuse ourselves but it's nice to know that other people have some thoughts and when we irritate people it tickles me Absolutely. Apologies if this happens to be one of your favorite songs, because everyone has their favorite. There, And I would love to talk to someone who is a big fan, similar to there are Bruce fans that 
by far his first two albums are their favorite albums. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk to a fan that this is their favorite era of John. I think that would be a great interview. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would absolutely be great. I would love it too. And I will say that of probably getting to at least a hundred, if not hundreds of uh, times I've sat down at a concert, I've never had anyone say that to me. So maybe someday that would be yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. That would be a lot of fun. All right, everyone, please be safe. Please be kind. Tell someone about the podcast. Come back next week. And for now, have a little faith. Have a little faith. Bye. Bye. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac and change the message on the court of mine. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.